Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Yacht Yacht Show. And if you've been keeping up with my social media, uh, I don't know what you call it, Jacob social media inquiries or whatnot, you have been waiting on this episode where I shot and killed a controversial doe with uh, a GPS collar and two ear tags. Number three she was. (laughs) Raise hell and praise Dale. Oh, but before we get there, I done drove all the way over here to Birmingham, Alabama, so we'd like to give a shout-out to Barnes Crossing Chevrolet for keeping me in such a nice ride to keep me on the road and dragging those pigs uh, to and fro. So, all right, guys, well, I got my guest, and I don't guess you would be a guest. You are like the guru uh, that's helping me through the podcast world, and we've known each other for a while, but I got Jacob Myers with the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, uh, so it's nice to have you, Jacob. Yeah, absolutely, David. Super excited to be here. Um, dude, this is going to be an interesting conversation, though, because when you called me about this, I'm like, first, I saw the post, and probably everybody listening right now saw the post that you made when you you know, you know were able to kill this collar deer, and I didn't know you had a little bit of history, not only with the deer, but kind of what you know, the little background of this study going on. And um, this is say it's, it, it did become a little controversial and there's going to be some interesting discussions here that I think people are going to be very interested in hearing not only your take on, but also my take as well. But uh, not many people I know have ever killed a collared deer. I know some people have talked about trying to, but man, it's kind of a hard feat, you know, when it comes out there and trying to find a, a collared deer specifically. But uh, yeah, man, it seems like you lit the internet on fire with that. Yeah. And, and I, which I know, you know, a lot of things come with controversy and it helps. It can be good or bad, but, and I have feelings about this deer that I, that I hunted, that I killed. And I waited to the end of the gun season, basically, you know, we only got like another week or so of deer season, but, uh, basically what happened. And, and of course this, this deer is not just about this deer. It's about the whole situation of, of the pigs and everything that I do. So, uh, basically I get started. I sent you the link, but mm-hmm. Mississippi state is do, they do studies all the time. It's, it's not a problem about studies that they do. Uh, but it was just weird because I left the caption for the, the social media was at that night. I was like, I'll let y'all do all the assumption and guessing or, or uh, all night. And dude, people, I mean, first of all, they accused me of killing a cow because the way I had it pushed up, they thought it was a calf. And they're like, it ain't no deer. You just shot somebody's calf. And then it was just like, people were like, <laughs> dude, they're just like, oh. one dude un- un- wanted to unfollow me. And I was like, you don't even know what the research was yet. You don't know anything. You're just already mad because people re- basically think that if you have a collared deer or one with ear tags, that all of a sudden it's somebody's pet or you're just not supposed to, to shoot it. You mm-hmm. know, you could have picked another deer. Well, I, I, I did. I, I killed him earlier. <laughs> Wasn't nothing left but the one with the collar. <laughs> It came down to one, and she was number three. Yeah, number three. She was like, what, what is the reason to shoot one with a tracking collar? I was like, in case I made a bad shot, at least I know where she went. <laughs> you know, I was just agging it on. So so basically, let's get into it a little bit. Like I said, Mississippi State is right around the corner from me at Starkville, mm-hmm. Mississippi. They have programs where they do uh, 
all this GPS tracking, collaring of, of wild animals all the time. It's, it's usually not even a problem. The, uh, you know, I'm not sure if y'all did one or even... Uh, we did an episode on a study they just came out with on yeah. buck movement. But I didn't know anything about this study, which we're going to talk about on this episode. Right. So it's it's good. So I just want to dive in real quick for... I kind of want to give as much information as I can before we just dive into everything. But, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching where a buck traveled 18 miles, crossed the river, lives in a different state, and then comes back home and, and doing this stuff. I kind of... You're sitting in the bathroom or you're at a clinic somewhere and you're sitting there and there's a magazine that's on there and you pick it up and you start reading that article while you waiting and that's good information mm-hmm. i get it you know and because a lot of people called me closed-minded i shouldn't have killed a deer that's being researched you know and basically this research i don't agree with only because of the situation and the situation is mississippi state come out with a program they got the funding mm-hmm. to collar like 10 deer 10 hogs Okay, and what they were going to try to study was you never hardly ever see wild hogs and deer in the same trail camera picture. You know, now if you watch my trail cameras or you watch my live feed cameras, you'll see that there will be deer at a feed station or in a food plot. And then when the hogs come in, the deer leave or the deer stay in the background and the hogs are just bullies. And everything is, I don't know if they're just scared of them or they just don't deal with them. And then if you have a feed station, it becomes so much like the smell of hog, the deer just don't even associate with that anymore. I already knew that. I do this for a living. I didn't need hundreds of thousands of dollars in funding (laughs) to come across. And I understand if I was sitting in, like I said again, sitting at the clinic in a public bathroom and there's there's a... there's a copy of a Gamekeeper magazine mm-hmm. or something sit there that says, hey, look at this study. Deer, you know, you're watching the, yet, the yellow line and the green line, and a hog went this way and a deer went this way. Yeah, that's pretty cool while I'm sitting on the pot. That's, you know, but in real life, what happens was is they collar these pigs and they collar these deer. Well, what happened was they collared the deer, and they, when they collared the pigs, they did this in, uh, when did I say it? it was like March. March. It was yeah. right before turkey season. The only reason I remember because they wanted to continue this program on the place that I hunt through turkey season. And the landlord was like, no, we're turkey hunting. We're not trapping deer. You know, you they, they wanted a three-month process to catch these deer, and they were like, no. And uh, so they ended right before turkey season. So I know it was like f- middle February to, through March, something halfway through March, so when they caught these deer. And they actually asked me to catch the hogs so they could collar. Well, another part of this story, like I said, we're going to dive deep into it. I've done this since 2017. I've helped Mississippi State and, and those people, not as an employee, not being funded, just because I'm the trapper mm-hmm. that's known in that area. What we would do on particular, because when I say about this this funding of this project, I don't care one bit if a hog crosses the path of a deer in the woods. I don't need to know why. I kind of know why. It's a nuisance. It's evasive species. They should die. That's that's the plan. <laughs> well, so when they asked me to, if I would catch these pigs and they would come collar them, I was like, I mean, I told them, yeah. But, you know, I just tend to forget as I was pulling that 22, 22 trigger 14 times every time. <laughs> Caught 155 hogs last year and didn't give them one. You know, so, but the reason that is, on this particular, because I didn't care 
and a lot of people may care. I didn't care as a trapper who has to deal with this. We used to trap, and you would kill every single pig in the trap. And then you would take that one hog that you would let live, and it always a sow, mm-hmm. and you would collar that one pig. And now you're going to – so the study was, let's see what that one pig does when she has no family left. Mm-hmm. Okay. I kind of like that study because what happened what is I learned as a trapper, they would take that – that pig would wander around enough, be it sow, mm-hmm. she would get with another sounder. Then they would ping it, and she would stay in this territory forever how long, and you would realize that she done got with somebody because you got plenty of feed here. Why would she not stay here by herself? Mm-hmm. We would call that landowner. We would go in there, and we would tell them, you got pigs. We would like to try to trap them. We got a collared pig that seems to be on your property, and we think, you know, and you would catch that sounder. So you was using it. It was useful. It was something useful. The problem, and then as I did that for a couple of years helping them, there become another problem with it. Well, first of all, all pigs don't hold their collars. Okay. So when a collar falls off, now you got a sow back in the wild. You don't know where she at having two, up to three sounders a year, piglets a year. Mm-hmm. So now we didn't do any good because we basically just turned her back loose, got the collar, and now we got tenfold in pigs off that one sow. They, they did a few they would do a few boars, but the problem is boars, they roam anyway. They'd make a five-mile loop anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting that a one boar, because a lot of people have, I get this all the time. Man, I, I don't have pigs, but I always get this one boar every now and again. I'm like, yeah, he's just roaming. I mean, that's what he does, and he'll roam and make that big five to ten-mile loop, you know, unless you got a lot of feed. So they never collared boars a whole lot. They did some. So since I didn't get them the university, any of these pigs on the property that we, we did, the, did the deer on, or they did the deer, they went to the adjoining land, landowner. And he owns like, I know he bought 3,500 acres, one block. And then over the years, he has added, so he owns probably close to 5,000 acres of land that touched his. So, and I know the people, it's not a problem. That's where all the hogs that I'm trapping now, mm-hmm. when I trap all the hogs on, <clears throat> on the 1,600-acre club I'm in, they just breed, and when they fill up, they come across the creek. Well, he got that landowner to let them trap some hogs and do some deer over there. Well, here come the problem. Right when school started, they had caught those, a sounder of pigs, and I'm assuming the way that this story goes, instead of just killing one pig, I mean killing all the pigs and leaving one, it seems as though they just collared every one in that sounder. So nothing's moving. So basically, you're going to say, well, this sounder's going to be moving through here. These deer are going to be moving through here. We're going to figure out what they're doing. Well, those collared pigs ended up on a county school down there. And it tore up the whole practice field. I'm talking about tore up the whole practice field. I'm getting calls from parents. And now this is a private school. It's in the county, but it's a private school. Well, the reason I'm getting calls from parents is because they the ones had to pay for this. It's a private school. <laughs> we got to upgrade the practice field for the eight-man football team because Mississippi State done turned some hogs back loose, and now they own the property, which I told them. I said, well, you know, there was a story one time where a collar pig got hit by a car, and the university had to pay for it because it was there, had their collar on it. I, I said, I'd go ask for that uh, that red line and that green line that they looking on that map. And I said, if he come across this school, I'd be having them redo this, this school grounds for me. So I go. So I did. I couldn't trap on the school grounds. Mm-hmm. 
because you know, for one, you know, there's some bad kids in the world, and they'd be hanging on that on that hog trap like, <laughs> like they'd be hanging on that hog trap like it's you know a playground set. You know, and I said, plus I can't handle gun on the school premises. You know, so I get on with the landowner, and he said, well, look, you can go down here about 300 yards behind the school. He said, catch a few hogs. They didn't know how many hogs they got. Well, I went down there, and I caught 41 hogs. 300 yards behind the school. Well, end up, I caught two of them with a collar. But here's the thing about them collars. They turned them back loose. Well, the first, they, and they did an article. It was like in the Clarion Ledger saying, if you see these deer, these hogs, they're asking you not to kill them. They asking. I mean, you can ask me to do anything. But when it comes to hogs, I'm not going to let one live if I can. <laughs> so a guy calls me. He said, I got this picture of a hog tearing up my driveway. He he got his, his driveway was tore up, so he come out and he put a trail camera up. He called me, he said, I read an article. He said, when I saw that collar pig, I Googled, article come up. They're asking you not to shoot it. What do I do? I said, it just said, ask. It's your yard. He said, they released it from over here and asked them made it to your yard. I said, I'd shoot it. So the next night, they shot it. And uh, up under the yard, light, whatever, in their own yard. So I went. They brought me the collar. Mm-hmm. I took the collar. I was going to take it back to Mississippi State, but I forgot in the back of my truck, I went to Pensacola. So now they got a straight. They got, they got, they're looking at they're looking at their data like, man, this sucker going seventy five miles an hour down I twenty. I got a you screenshot of a, of a of a yellow line that went all the way down to Pensacola and back, twenty four hours. That hog had afterburners yeah, on. You, you know how they had uh, you know how you can go down to the Bahamas, had the pigs on the bay. I, I had the pigs in the Pensacola. You can swing on with them. So I took it. I turned that one back in to my trap people. They come by there and get them. And then, so I get a call a couple of days later, same little area block of land. A guy done caught a collared pig in a box trap, had nine piglets with it. Okay. So now we, we got a collared pig that we're going to go back and kill when this study's over with because we can track it down and shoot it or retrap it. But you got nine piglets with it. We got lucky that that guy... He just had a regular type box trap. Mm-hmm. It's hard to catch him in anyway. He got lucky, he caught the collar pig, but he also caught the nine piglets. So even if he went back and shot the sow later, she still had nine babies. Mm-hmm. So you nine folded a research. We're already trying to get rid of them, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so another, so that was that would have been four, and then I caught two, and another guy shot one. Yes, they shot another one with a collar on it on a hunting club or whatever. So anyway, we ended up turning all the collars in. They had five hogs. So we, from the time that they started the research in like March, the hogs was dead in September. So now we're into the gun season, mm-hmm. and there's no research going on about how hogs and deer coexist now because we done killed all the pigs. All right, well, I've been watching the deer, but as a, I mean, I may not look educated, but as a little educated, I know where they can change that research. We're not going to do hogs and deer now, mm-hmm. but we can see what these does. You know, we know bucks travel. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what these does going to do. I understand that. These does never left the spot. We got 16 food plots and a feeder in every one of them. Where they going to go? <laughs> and probably, and probably a couple, I can't talk, probably a couple good pine thickets too to lay low in. So, I mean, they got everything that you need on y'all's property. Yeah, they got so. everything. I mean, we got hardwoods and, and food plots and pines. And, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, they got all they wanted. So they're not going anywhere. 
the only study I probably would have figured out is, you know, you could see how much they move, but they didn't know all that. Yeah. They, they already know all that. So maybe they were going to, they, so they went back. So I shot mine Friday evening. All right. And I've been watching this doe and I was like, I'd have made my mind up. I'm going to shoot this doe. And I had had a picture of her and her neck didn't look right. Okay. So I was like, well, neck looks, I mean, you know how it is when you look at a camera, it could be something else. It could mm-hmm. just be the, you know, it could look a little red from filter or something, sunlight. So anyway, I wanted to shoot this deer. I knew it caused a little controversy, but at the same time, it gives me content. It draws attention to what the universes are doing. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. The problem really drew in is when I killed the deer. So when I killed this doe, and I have a picture of it and video of it, her neck was about as raw as you could get for it. There's no hair. It's rubbed down to to what I call bed sores, like, mm-hmm. and it and so which means it's been real cold. But once you start warming up, that's an infection type. So that sets in to where flies could blow it, uh, you know, and then once that starts, you know, so I don't know on that part, but she was always alone. Like there would be deer there and then, but the pictures a lot of times was just her. But that, that collar. So when I killed the deer, everybody's always talking about drag the deer by the head. It, it you know, your feet don't get hung up. You, mm-hmm. you know, because I always, I'm from the south. We drag them for by the back legs, yeah. you know. And uh, and mainly because daddy always said, grab a leg, son. You yeah. know, we just pull them out. So you grow up grab, dragging deer by the back leg. So everybody, a lot of people up north, like, you need to drag them by the head. So what did I do in the video? I had no gloves on. I grabbed it. I'm doing my footage, and I grabbed her by the collar, and I'm going to drag her out. And by that time, dude, I caught a whiff, and it was worse than a gut shot. Dude, it was in my fingers, and I bite my fingernail. <laughs> I bet you did that night. I did that night. <laughs> I was rubbing it in the mud and everything else, trying to get that stank off of me. But oh man, it was it smelled. It was just rotten, and uh, that skin and whatnot. So, oh, uh, I got her out, and that, and then that's when it it really aggravated me. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, I know that's not on every deer. I mean, I know that they do bucks. Mm-hmm. They had to put enough slack in them. For the butts to rut. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened there. I took a video, took a picture. I balled up my fist, people, and could not put my fist in the collar. Now, I don't know if she was a yearling and she grew in the last 10 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's the same way with hogs. I don't agree with the collaring of the hogs because I've trapped in, in so many and I've caught so many and I've caught so uh, killed so many that's been tracked before in time and people's brought to me. And the impression on these hogs' necks, they just grow. People don't understand, like, when they say a 200-pound boar hog, man, it got to be five years old. No. Think about when you raise one from a piglet, say, in the 1st of January, you're going to kill him in the fall. He probably going to be 300 pounds. Okay, because that's what you—that's what they get up to. So a wild hog, he's not going to eat probably like you would a fed hog, mm-hmm. but in two years he can be two hundred pounds. He just can't. I mean, he—you just don't know it because you just think because he's big, he's got to be five years old. He's not. He could be two hundred pounds in two years. Doesn't take long. And within a year, they're a hundred. You know. So uh, I've already watched piglets this year mm-hmm. that that were tiny. That I that. I mean, literally, you could just walk up and thump them. That's how small they were and probably would have killed them. So, and now I've seen pictures of them from from eight months now. I mean, and they're 50, 60 pounds. So, I mean, they, they grow fast and people don't understand it. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they grow fast. So, when people say they killed a 400-pound hog, I mean, 
It, now that probably takes five years because I mean a lot of people say that, but it's hard to kill a four hundred pound hog. But they grow so fast. So even when I see the hogs that I kill, the impression on their neck, they're basically choked out because you have to get them tight because they ain't got no, they ain't got nothing to keep their, their on their head. Just slides off, and they literally take a a Dewalt drill and and make the nuts drive up on them. So mm-hmm. uh, I just don't agree with it because and and I'm not a biologist, not a researcher, nothing like that. But man, they got transmitter you put on a duck. He'll fly all the way to Canada and back for two years and we got all that footage and we can't find something you can stick maybe in the hind quarter of a deer to keep up with him. I mean, I got light 360 on a phone that don't weigh six ounces. Keep up my kid 24-7 up to the second. You know, so the part of me shooting the deer was I already knew that the project was ending. It's only for a year, mm-hmm. but we only got it. So even after I crossed all that controversy, Guess who came and hunted yesterday evening? The university said they're going to shoot that other deer. It was time to end it or whatever. So I caused all the controversy, and Mississippi State was coming to shoot the other deer. Now, I don't know if, you know, eventually, at first I thought they'd come back and maybe trap the deer, tranquilize it, take the collar off of it, you know, and it can keep going. But I guess they like to hunt too. Yeah, they're hunting out there with that GPS in their hand, like, where's she at? Let's, yeah. let's walk over here. She's within 50 yards of us, guys. That, that's a man drive, all right? They, they get a couple of grad students walking around with some shotguns. Like, right. all right, we're going to try to put a slip, slip on her. No, that that's so crazy. So that's interesting you talking about, like, the – talking about, like, collars on pigs because we were just on a hunt down South Alabama, and one of the guys killed a killed a real big – well, I call a, a big boar. Biggest pig I've ever seen. It was 210 pounds. So when you're talking about, like, trapping 300-pound pigs, I can't imagine what that thing looks like, okay? Yeah. But when you're talking about putting a collar, I didn't think about this until you just brought it up. There was no way to put a collar on that, on that pig because it was shoulders and head. There was no neck. It was just like – there was no taper. It was just shoulders and head. And I'm like, I don't know how you could get a collar to stay – tight on a, on a bigger pig, um, let alone like you're talking about how fast they grew, which I didn't, didn't know that as well. Uh, just cause we don't have a lot of pigs, like where we're at right now, there's, there's really not much of any pigs here. Right. Um, so we just don't really deal with them, but th- that is super interesting. But when it comes to the study, one, one <clears throat> this is one thought I have when it comes to the study, because Mississippi state's done a lot of cool, interesting deer studies. Like we just covered one on our show talking about buck movement. And one thing they've done in some of their studies, specifically on deer, they did one a couple of years ago talking about like survivability of, uh, you know, just bucks. And in the study, they had published some data saying that, you know, if you come across one of these deer, kill it. Like, don't let the collar deter you from kill it because we want to see like truly real world situation of what's the survivability rate of deer between two and a half and four and a half years old. Um, and, you know, some people, I remember some people shot some of those bucks and, uh, got crap on social media for it. like, oh man, you killed a collar deer and everybody thinks, oh, it's a pet or something. They don't see that big transmitter on the bottom of their neck. But when it comes to like a study like this, when you were ta- telling me about this, like they had this study going on trying to see how, you know, they, how pigs and deer cohabitated and how they moved back and forth. And kind of the way you're saying is, you know, you kept from a trapper standpoint in your experience, you've seen that like you don't ever see them in the same spot at the same time very often, or they're distant apart. Some other guys I've met as well that hunt South Alabama say the same thing. Like if you get sounder pigs come through in the afternoon, you can guarantee for at least a while, you're not going to see a deer until they move off. If they're in a food plot, they're on a food source. You're not going to see a deer around. Um, and I've hunted some river bottoms where it seemed like that, like you'd have pigs come through, you'd have some deer out in front of you. The, pit, the deer see the pigs coming, they take off running pigs move through and an hour later, maybe a deer comes slipping back. But I, I kind of see from their standpoint of like, 
maybe why this would be interesting to kind of study. But the problem is, is kind of like what you're saying is you're letting pigs go knowing they're going to multiply while you're trying to track them. And it almost made, makes me think like, you know, whether it was castrated boars, which again, like you were saying, like be harder collar or boar, um, or doing something with a, a, a sow where she could not repopulate um, to make it where like you're not making a problem worse, especially for the landowner you're trapping on. Because one thing is, and David, I'm sure you've run across this a lot with a lot of your clients and people you trap for. They don't want you letting pigs go. Okay? No, no, so, not so, at all. So if you're calling deer and you're letting them go, you're not really helping the situation, even though you're you're trying to learn more about the animals. Um, but it, it's like, you know, I could see there could be some interesting data they could maybe get from this. But also, I just also look from like a landowner standpoint, like I wouldn't want pigs let go. If you trap them, kill them. Yeah. Knock, knock some heads, throw them in the back of the truck and just roll. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy though, especially when you're talking about your doe, how tight that collar was. Because, again, who knows how many deer they call every single year, and they've been doing it for the last 30, 40 years. Um, and I wonder how often that happens where, you know, they're calling a deer, especially maybe a doe or even a buck. They get that collar too tight. Next thing you know, you find a dead deer in the woods with a collar on it. You don't know what killed it. Right. It could have been from infection from the collar. could have been coyote got a hold of it. could have been someone shot it and didn't recover it. But when you told me that, I, I, dude, I just I can't believe that situation, which brings up a great, great point. Because we got an interview with uh, Mississippi State University coming up here in about a month, and I'm going to bring this conversation up yeah. to him and ask him what is the protocol for collaring deer in order to make sure that you know there's some slack in there for you know growth maturity, especially if you're doing a multi-year study. Because this was just a one-year study. There's a lot. Oh yeah, show me a photo. Oh wow, dude. Yeah. So David showed me a photo right now of this deer, and it is completely rubber all. I mean, just hide and open sores on her neck. God, dude, that thing is super tight. And th but that's a good point is like, you know, if you're doing a multi-year study, like this is just a one-year study, but if you're doing a multi-year study and they are trapping, say, doe fawns or yearling deer, and they're trying to see how they progress, how they move, how they, you know, shift home ranges, you've got to leave enough slack in order for them to mature, and, you know, get some age on if you're going to do like a two, three-year study, which they've done in the past. So yeah, that is, that is insane, dude. And, and, I, and, I, and I understand you got interns out there, you got people, you know, they're learning. So, I mean, I know that the universities don't want to see that. They don't want to show that. Just like when I, when I kill pigs, mm -hmm. sometimes it's one shot, sometimes it's seven shots. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to show you a seven shot pig yeah. because that is, you know, the looks of it is like, well, he ought to be using a 30 out six, you know, I'm like, no, you know, it's just, so I get it. But at the same time, this all stirred from, like I said, this, this is just a doe, but it all stirs from the research of the pigs. And I, I'm just a firm believer because I don't know a whole lot of the the biologist work of it. I, like I said, I've dealt with some of these people, but just you take LSU, they're looking for or have come out with something that's supposed to be a bait. That, oh yeah, that will kill them, right? Yep. And they, they've got a three year progress. It's been approved, but you got three years of through FDA, and you got to put up a million dollars, which that won't be a problem. And once you get it on the market. There's going to be several other factors. Are you just going to let the government, going to be some government USDA agency, mm -hmm. come out and try to bait your hogs? Are you going to give it to the landowners as like you can buy it over the counter, like decon, rat mm -hmm. poison? Or is it going to, you're going to have to be like a pesticide guy and have a license and know how to use it. But here's the thing, just like that, if it ever kills a Tweety bird, that's over with. Okay. Mm -hmm. And poisoning could be the answer to but we've also been poisoning rats for a hundred years. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but the thing is with the rats, the only reason we're not even further ahead of the rats is basically because we only worry about them when they're in our home. But if you live around, got a pasture, you probably got a thousand rats out there. They just don't come to your home. So with the hogs, the same way, a lot of people don't trap them if they don't, if they don't see the, the damage. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of calls when they hit the yard. But they didn't care about it when they was out there on the hundred acres behind the house because they wouldn't bother them. Uh, you know, unless you're trying to manage wildlife like I do for the club that I'm in and stuff like that. So I, I like research and I like to read up on some research and some of it I just don't care about. It. And this is one of them. I, I personally don't care about a red and green yellow line of deer walking through the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're scared of them because maybe when they're fawns, they know those hogs hunted them down and they grew up as that's a predator <clears throat> to them. And when you got a feeding station in the state of Mississippi, it's legal out of a trough or out of a feeder, spin cash feeder. When that area becomes consumed with the smell of hog, the deer don't want it because that's death to them. That's something that's tried to chase them down as a young age mm-hmm. or run them off or, or whatever. And so I don't know on that part of it, but I just don't, they don't, everybody knows from trail cameras and everything that they just don't associate one another. And I don't need to know if they associate with another on the creek, you know, or they, the deer walk on one side of the creek and the hogs walk on the other side. I don't care. You know, I, as a funding aspect of, it, I just don't care about turning hogs back loose because we got to find a way to kill them. Yeah. We got to find a way to end it. And dead hogs don't cause no problems mm-hmm. unless you, unless you dump them in your yard and you got buzzers. <laughs> or dump them somewhere else's yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and on that part, but like I said, and, and, and like I said, it'll probably, like you said, y'all are going to be interviewing some Mississippi state mm-hmm. people and I'm not bashing them. You know, I wish they would hire me. I need two and a half years to get my state retirement, but. Here's the deal. The state won't hire me and the university won't hire me because I'm public about what I do. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to end the whole out hog pop uh, dilemma, but they don't want to show you the death of the wild hog dilemma. And I've shown the world, dude, we're catching this many hogs. We got this problem. We just stacked this whole trailer full of hogs in one catch. This is a problem where Mississippi State and the state, they go, we're going to put a half a million dollars and help everybody get a trap that we can. Or we're going to get funding from the state to do research to figure out these hogs. But don't you dare show one dead hog. And not that I got a PhD. I mean, I... <laughs> I mean, uh, well, you got a PhD in hog trapping. Yeah, I was saying, I mean, I ain't no biologist and I ain't, you know, I ain't got no degree from Mississippi State or nothing. But, uh, you know, I've got the knowledge in it. I mean, when I, when I went to work for the city of West Point 22 years ago, I become a lineman by the training. <laughs> You do something long enough, you have the training. And I understand they're trying to say they got to do this every year because they got interns. They're trying to make biologists. They're trying to whatever. I don't know even what they were called, but they're trying to make these. So you got to do this every year. Well, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And the funding that I pay for, whoever, they go out there and do it again. But here's another kicker to that, Jacob. Mississippi State, and this is every college, they are gifted millions of dollars in whatever program, but they also gifted thousands of acres a year by people passing away that are alumni that are gifted because they want a tax write-off and they got too much land and they don't want to fool with it because their granddaddy owned a farm, but they're some city slicker and they ended up with it and they just give it to Mississippi State. I've dealt with this. Uh, why don't they do the research on their own land? 
They got to come out here and hang out with the poor folks thinking they're helping somebody saying, well, you know, the university wants to use your land to catch hogs and turn them back loose. <laughs> uh, they get them like, you like, you know, Bulldogs fan? Yeah. Go yeah. dogs. Okay, here we go. Let's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a good point because uh, at University of Alabama is the same way. Auburn University here in Alabama is the same way. You know, they have a lot of, you know, properties just like this that you're talking about. And a lot of their research uh, that I'm familiar with specifically at Auburn University is on done is done on some of their property. They've done some studies I know of on some public land here in Alabama, like talking deer studies. I'm not yeah. familiar at, at all if they've done any pig studies specifically. Um, but th- but that's a good point as well. And then also, I think it's it's very important for any property owner to understand long term. If, if you open your doors to say a university come to a study. What is that going to do for you long term as in like what you're trying to do with the property? Like if, if your goal on a property, for example, is to eradicate pigs and they want to do a study there, well, you need to really ask a lot of questions of like, you know, can you still do what you're trying to do with the, with the population management um, if they're going to be doing a study there? And for any study, I mean, deer study as well. You know, if they're going to come out there and trap deer on your property and, and run a study, is that going to affect what you're trying to do with your property from a hunting standpoint, from a management standpoint, from a recreation standpoint, um, and really understand, you know, is it worth your time? Because the thing is, a lot of these universities, and I kind of look at this both ways, a lot of these universities have enough property, they can kind of, if you say no, it's not going to hurt their feelings, they can go to the next landowner down, they'll probably find somebody that says yes. But you really need to make sure on what you're getting into from a property owner standpoint, which I'm not a property owner, mostly just public land, but you know, if, if you're going to be taking part in any study like that, making sure you know what you're getting into from a long-term standpoint, like it's probably not just going to be come out there, trap a few deer and that's it. You're probably going to have to be dealing with, you know, different state employees for a while and some of their grad students and all that kind of stuff, checking in on everything um, and just seeing how everything's progressing. So yeah, I, I, I definitely from a property owner standpoint, I'd be very, um, not cautious, but I would be asking a lot of questions on like what all would this entail long term wise, and I'll see if you get yourself a little tax break or something. I mean, if you're if you're volunteering some property for you know university run some studies, I feel like there should be some kind of tax break happening. I mean, the funding's already coming from the taxpayers. <laughs> I mean, give me something. I mean, I thought we was just gonna tag the deer, go put them back to sleep, take the tags off of them. Yeah. And now you take them a deer meat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't even know the one I took. I took to the processor. Mm-hmm. I don't know the term limits on the time limit on that tranquilizer. I guess the meat's still good. Uh, after somebody brought that up to me, they said, well, I think like after 10 months, it's supposed to be fine. Uh, but that being said, I'm going to have it processed mm-hmm. and then I'll probably just cook it for my dog, see how he act. But uh, that'd be a good question for like a veterinarian or somebody who yeah. deals with that kind of stuff. Cause yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that either. Cause I've heard about like with deer farms, um, you know, people that raise deer, um, you know, if they have a you know deer they need to put down, a lot of those deer farmers won't eat that deer because of how many times they probably have tranquilized it, especially a buck cutting antlers off and all that kind right. of stuff. So, yeah, that's a good question. Because yeah, I know with, like, cows, I used to raise bottle calves, and, like, if you give them a shot of LA 200 or 300, if it was a big one or whatever, you couldn't eat that cow for so long. So, like, even when you took it to the sale, like, if I bought a cow from the sale and I knew it was gonna, just going to be a meat cow, just an old heifer out there for sale, go get her cheap. You take her home, you give her a shot of LA 200 or 300, and then you need to wait like 60 days or 90 days, whatever it is, before it can actually be processed, even if it went to a meat house to where it's going to be processed and go to the public mm-hmm. uh, because of that medication that's in it. 
And uh, I don't know if the deer's the same way, but all I had was was roast and stuff made out of it. So my dog's going to eat good. I mean, you know, they got to eat raw meat. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but again, it kind of goes back to these studies, you know, that there's there's been a lot of interesting things found with some of these different studies, but there's, I haven't ran across something kind of like in this situation here about like the integration of the pigs to the study, which again, from one standpoint, I'm like, that would be kind of interesting just to kind of see if there's any kind of data points pulled off of it. But really I think the more important thing is kind of like what you've talked about where y'all have done in the past. You just trap, kill all the pigs, except for one, one sow, let her loose. And you use her to find other pigs to me, that's an effective way if you're trying to actually trap more pigs going about doing so. And if the state really wanted to eliminate pigs, I feel like that's something they would integrate more so than just letting a whole sounder loose and just seeing what happens. Right. And a lot of people, and like I said, the only problem that we run in with that was a couple of times is I had a buddy that owned the land next to where we was doing that. And he had a uh, the collar come off of her. And she went three more years on his property and tore up his feeder Every year. And he's like, I hate you, man. He's like, you could have killed that cat. You could have killed that pig and never would have had this problem. He said, it's the same one every year. And like, she just tears it up and just like a bull and just tear it up. But it's always, she still had the yellow tags in her ears. And uh, so I was just like, and then that made me start realizing like, how many more pigs is this happening to? How many? And she would have like a litter or two litters mm-hmm. a year on his camera because she moved off the property we was trapping. There was no, and we were trapping every year and she didn't stay there. So she moved to the, this other property and she stayed there and uh, he never could kill him. And I didn't trap over there. She was, you know, but it's one of those places that just didn't have me trap. You know, I could very well have been like, well, just let me go over and I'll trap her again. He's like, ah, you know, we don't, you know, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and that's, so when I learned that, and then they would text me the next year about that same one, and then the next year, finally I was like, I ain't helping with this no more because I said, I'm getting landowners that I that trust me to trap. I went out for the university through somebody that was like, hey, they're basically using. I mean, that's how they got on the club to begin with. They called me and said, hey, we know you trap a bunch of hogs over there. And I don't even the guy that did the study maybe didn't want to call me. I don't even remember. And uh, he's, I said, well, I said I don't know about calling no pigs. I said I get. That's my dudes. Dead. They want dead hogs. I don't know if they'll allow that. And uh, he's like, okay. I said, but, but I, I had to say, but I can give you his information because I don't own the land. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't sit here and say, speak for the guy that owns the land. And he might, you know, and they went with it on the deer, you know. But the, So I couldn't stop him. Next thing you know, he's talked him into, you know, and that's fine. But at the same time, but when I shoot my deer, I'm like, this is where it ain't fine. You know, I don't know if the intern put it on there like that, or if they did know or didn't know, didn't expect that deer to grow as fast. Yeah. It could have been the only one in the state of history, and I found it. So I'm not saying that stuff don't happen. I just feel like if we can put a transmitter on a duct and go to Canada and back, you know, two or three, three years, I think it can be fine. So uh, I just think, I don't know. I just, it, it had me in my feelings. When they watch the YouTube, they're going to be like, man, this dude's hot. You know, because like I said, and, and I used to live out in the country. And when this lady died, uh, Ms. Caroline Brand, I think was her name. When she passed away, she had like 1,100 or 1,500 acres behind her house. Gave it to Mississippi State. Well, guess who gets to lease out the land? The folks with the money. Mm-hmm. And back then, this was probably 10 years ago, so... I think that dude, I think his name was Dwight, paid like $20 an acre. Yeah, it was crazy. 
It was crazy. And I was hunting right next to it. And I was killing some giants. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't know this guy, but I remember one time he was coming out of that bottom at like eight o'clock at night. And I, so I seen him. So I just pulled over there and he was like, uh, can I help you? I said, well, I got my dog in the back. I said, pretty late coming out of that bottom. I don't hardly ever see nobody come out of that bottom at late. I said, need some help. And he's like, well, I shot a deer. I got it or got it or whatever. And I said, okay, well, I got a dog if you ever need. I said, I live in this trailer right up here. He said, oh, you the one who shot my deer. I said, shot your deer. He said, yeah. And I had killed like this big 14 point. And I killed it right behind my trailer with a bow now. And he, and he, <laughs> he said, well, we had that deer on camera. I said, well, I didn't know. It didn't, unlike this doe I just killed, it had a name tag on it. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't had no collar on it. But uh, he said, you shot my deer. And I was like, no, dog. He said, well, you shot it out of that stand down there. And what happened was I had a stand on the line mm-hmm. that I didn't hunt once he took over. But everybody that my friends were, they knew that's where I hunted. Because when I took people to hunt, that's where I went, and I would drop them off here and there. So I, I told everybody that's where I hunted you know, I mean, I, I killed it, right? You don't ever tell somebody exactly where you kill it, you know, but I killed it like 100 yards from behind my house, sitting in a stand. I could see my, you know, mm-hmm. trailer and everything. So he really thought that I done went and got that stand, and it wasn't even a bow stand, you know? <laughs> so anyway, he's like, that's my dare. So then that's when I realized that what Mississippi State was doing or other places, they they get this land for free. They lease it out for a high dollar for people to agriculture or hunt mm-hmm. for, for uh, whatever. But and I was like, you know, that place has hogs. Why ain't you doing no research over there? Because you don't want to mess with them people. They the one paying the rent on that land that you got for free, you know, so you ain't going to bother them. We're just going to go bother some other folks that, you know. And, and I get that every piece of land they got don't have hogs. Probably don't have the concentration of hogs. I mean, they own a bunch of land in the prairie, which we call strong. Mm-hmm. All right. It's all prairie land. Ain't no hogs over there. Some big old deer. So they try to find places probably concentrated with a lot of hogs. But then fellow like me, I get hired to come in and they call and I go in there and I find collared pigs on pieces of property. And they're like, well, how'd they get there? You know, well, they come off this man because he allowed it. You mm-hmm. know, if they'd have been, if they'd have trapped them and they'd been dead, never would have tore up your yard, never would have gotten your garden, never would have come back here to your food plot. You know, uh, the university don't want to pay for that. You know, so that's where my feelings are on that. When it comes to hogs, Kill them. <laughs> well, see, you going back to that, you know, study and everything, and guys, you know, other people finding, you know, collared pigs on their place. And it, you, you brought up earlier that, you know, like a boar, you know, cover a lot more ground than, you know, some sows will, which makes sense. I mean, deer are the same way. And I guess that would be like the only thing that I think that would be worth maybe looking at in more detail, like truly how far some of those pigs would roam. But like, I feel like you'd have to use like a castrated boar and then using a, uh, like an actual transmitter, like a, uh, uh, a transmitter is, that is actually, um, somehow physically attached to them, whether it's like some kind of prong system that goes in the rear end or something like that, where it's not an actual collar. Uh, and, but again, use that pig, not only to see its range, but when it starts hanging out in a while ago and they start setting traps, catching other pigs, um, they did that. There was a study done. Uh, it wasn't really a study. They were trying to eliminate goats off an island. I, th- I think it was Southern California or it might have been uh, so- some part of Mexico, like Western Mexico, where they had a bunch of goats out there, and they were trying to eliminate the goats, but they'd go out there with helicopters trying to fly and kill these goats, you know, shoot them out of the helicopter, uh, which would probably be one heck of a time. Yeah. But uh, what what they started doing... <laughs> That's where you get the... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what my AR-15 going to sound like. <laughs> That's terrible. That's you know, wrong. No, but, but what, they, what they started doing was they started uh, trapping some of the goats, doing what we're talking about. They'd kill all of them, but like a couple, like a couple males, and they, they'd collar them up with some females. They'd collar them up, GPS collar, let them go, and when they would start hanging out on a different part of the island together, they'd fly the helicopter over, shoot all those goats, right. but, except for the collared one, let that one live, go find some more goats, fly back in, kill all those goats but the collared one until they eliminated all the goats. Yeah. So it, it made it pretty interesting, to say the least, and kind of put all that kind of stuff together. Um, but I, I get the problem is with pigs, especially like in Mississippi and Alabama as well, and Louisiana, you have so much timbered area you can't do the whole helicopter thing here like they do in Texas. Yeah, you can't do it. And, and like I said, people have they tried over in the Delta because it's a lot more open and they can they can slay three hundred pigs a day over in the Delta. Uh, but where we're at, you just can't do it. You know, you you pull up, it's all pine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Mississippi and Alabama is. That's, that's, that's a it's a crop here in Alabama and Mississippi is 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 pine. So you can have a food plot, but even if you got above them in the food plot, they're in and out of it so fast that you you, you couldn't shoot that many. But then, uh, like I said. Mississippi State does a lot of good research. So I'm not bashing on them. Uh, I'm just in. I'm just not down for the the crossing of of all of it. So figuring out how they, I know on paper mm-hmm. it sounds like, hey, that'd be pretty interesting. You know what? Like if I was sitting there looking at them, I was like, man, you know what? I don't ever see them together. Or every man, every time I got deer, and this is what I hear all the time, man, I had a nice buck coming in. I had a lot of deer. These hogs done took over. They took over. That's what they do. So on paper, yeah, they probably say, well, you know what? That's probably pretty good research. Let's find some funding. Let's get us, I don't know how much it costs. It could cost $500. It costs half a million. I don't know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm like, let's go find out why they ain't on trail cameras together. And I'm like, oh, my God, how about we find something that kills pigs? <laughs> hey, speak about that. We were in this deer cave where I was telling you that guy killed it big pig a couple days ago and uh, we met a guy who um, he works for the state in a different part of the organization and uh, runs hunting programs for a couple different big pieces of uh, public and we were talking and stuff and he was saying back in the the there was like we were talking about the pigs down there pigs are unbelievable and one thing he mentioned he's like man I remember you know there were there used to be no pigs down here 20 years ago uh, really 30 years ago but he's like, I remember some guys that had a big high fence, big farm that people like, you know, would come down to hunt. And they had the grand idea to go up to Tennessee. And this is like, I think he said 1983, and found a, a producer up there who's producing these, you know, Russian boards, just feral pigs, just, yeah, yeah. just general feral pigs. But they were branding them different, different ways. And they were selling hunts. Well, they brought them down here, put them on that place to offer people locally to come pay, you know, 50 bucks to go shoot you a pig in yeah. back 1983. And they got loose the whole nine yards. And he's like, this one spot is the epicenter of where all these pigs in this general area had come from. And he's like, once those people started, you know, seeing that there was pigs here and, you know, people were selling hunts, other landowners went to go find pigs in other parts of the country or just going to go get, you know, your regular pig, you know, that you're going to raise for, you know, uh, slaughter and let them go feral. And then people were releasing pigs everywhere down these river systems. Next thing you know, 30 years later, you got pigs everywhere. I know it. I, I can remember the first pig that I killed. I killed it with my bow. And I thought I thought it was awesome. I was like, I killed a pig. We didn't see no pig. Shot it, it was a big old boar hog. And uh, I mean, when I first shot it, it ran over in a cane thicket and laid down. I was like, I ain't getting to the <laughs> morrow. And I went back and I cut his head off with my pocket knife and towed him out. Because you could take a, 
take a pig neck, you can ring it with mm. your knife, and you take his ears, and it'll just twist off. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I toted that pig head out all the way out of that bottom. It was hit by his ear, and uh, I thought it was just cool. And and then I killed a few more later on, and I remember sitting there one day hunting, and I remember it was 37 pigs. I'll never forget. And one spotted hog come through there, and I was like, this is awesome. And that's been, that was 25 years ago, 20 years ago. And now, you know, it's my job. And I'm like, when people say, man, I got hogs. I'm like, don't we all? You know, they're everywhere. So at a standpoint of everybody thought it was awesome. Now, it come from dog hunters. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you a lot of it. And, and if you're any dog hunters on here, uh, it's some of y'all. I ain't scared of you. It's some of you. Uh, I ain't going to back down from that. Because, and the only reason I know it, because I had dog hunter friends. And... We didn't own no land. I don't own no land now. And most dog hunters don't own no land. Okay? So the only place they got to hunt is public or Mr. John's place who let you hunt. Mm-hmm. So when you find a place that got hogs, they go in there with them dogs. They'd catch them, tie them up, put them in the dog box if they were small enough to hide them, take them on down to the road or take them down to the refuge, turn them back loose, let them hogs populate over there. So they always had a place to dog hunt for sport. I get it. I understand the concept. At the time, nobody knew that was going to be a real big problem. Mm. Okay. Now, that's a big problem. We can't, you can't do that in the state of Mississippi no more or nothing like that. You can't, once you catch them, trap them or whatever, you got to kill them. A lot of people, you know, I got a lot of dog hunter friends. They'll cut the nuts out of them, make them a bar hog, so they'll just lay up and get fat and the teeth get longer. The problem with that is you still don't own no land. You just cut the nuts out of one, turn him back loose for him still to destroy land, still for him to tear up turkey nest, root up food plots, to eat up all the acres from the rest of the wildlife, uh, chase, well, he'd probably get too fat, chase down a little phone, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's They still are destroying. And the people that don't seem to care are the people that don't have nothing invested. That's a good point. And, man, it's funny you bring that up because I've seen on social media – like some of these reels and shorts. I'm not on TikTok, but, you know, videos of guys doing what you're talking about, catching big boar hog, castrating them, cutting them back loose. And it made me wonder, I'm like, okay. You know, I heard of guys, I used to live in Arkansas. I knew guys in Arkansas that do that. They wouldn't, uh, well, they they hunt with, hunt with dogs and they catch catch a big boar and they either put it in a pen, castrate, put it in a pen for six months, whatever, feed it and then slaughter it, or they just cut it back loose. And that's like, that was their way of population control, but they could still go back and hunt it, you know, yeah. months later or a year later and kill a fatter pig. Oh, he'll be um, big. He'll be big. His teeth will be gone because he's not he's not fighting. He's not breaking his teeth off. He's just getting fat. And then when you catch him, that hero shot of that live hog tied up with them big old teeth. No, 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 no. You know, them, them, but he still teared up that farmer's field. Mm-hmm. Your farm, I bet you didn't tell the farmer you did that. You know, and I'm not, I don't want y'all to think I'm poking at you. I'm just... I'm done with my feelings about the deer. Now we're talking about the truth because mm-hmm. I've been there. I had a buddy that come from uh, like North Carolina with some of them, you know, they, like you said, I call every pig a feral pig. Yeah. I don't care. He come from North Carolina with some baby pigs in a dog box, the kind that had big old hair on the back. Mm-hmm. Turn them loose in Mississippi, you know. They talked about it. I wasn't with him when he did it. Mm-hmm. Well, they talked about it because he's a big dog hunter. And you go down here, like you said, you go down to the refuge, 
you know, the government, Mississippi State, they go down there to the refuge. It's been talked about. They go down there and they do the research down there. The refuge is big public land. It's like mm-hmm. 48,000 acres. And I get called in by the land neighbors to the refuge to trap the pigs. Well, there was a study they did that I was told about about two months ago that the biologists or whatever, whoever he is, I don't know these people. I just get phone calls and I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I don't care about people. Let's <laughs> be like, hey, I'm such and such. All right. <laughs> you know. Cool. They said they did a study. They put wires up and they put bob wires and they, they fed this and did all that. And they had, so they, when I say wires, they had hair samples of this crossing and cameras up. And they said, it's only 700 hogs on the refuge. And it's like 48,000 acres of refuge. And like, I don't know how many thousands of it is a non-huntable. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the guy that was telling me this. I said, it's only 700. He said, yeah. I said, okay. I caught 250 on 40 acres last year. So you trying to tell me ain't around 450 left out of the whole 48,000 acres? I don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? You can, but they were, but statistically, they were saying 700 hogs, 48,000, that's not a problem. 700 hogs, 48,000 acres, that's not a problem. Let me tell you something. If you have a pig, on, if you have one pig on 48,000 acres, I don't care if it's a boar hog, you got a problem. And the concept is they're just, but they tell you you got to kill 80% of them to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know, if you did all this research to figure out how many you got on the refuge, just go and kill the hogs. Be done. Send somebody like me in there. Give me a contract. Hire me for the state. I go in there. I knock them down to 50. And it it ain't as a big a problem, but you got to stay on them because those 50 could be sows that could have got all bred by one boar. The next year, you got 500. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. There's 700 now, they say, but in six months, it'll be 1,400, 1,600. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about how quickly – they can have litters uh, or whatever the term is for pigs. Um, and it's not like they're having three or four. Right. I mean, from what I've seen, it's like seven to 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there'll be, a, there'll be a death ratio of probably maybe half of that will make it, rather depending on the freeze, mm-hmm. heat. Sows don't – they'll cross a creek during rain, and then all of them don't make it across the creek. They don't look back. They just keep rolling, you know. So, I mean, there'll be a mortality rate on that. But even if four, and you got twice a year, if four made it out of 12, twice a year, eight made it off that one. So if you had 10 of eight, that's 80 that made it off that 10. Mm -hmm. So, and it just keeps compounding. But I caught 155 on our club of 1,600 acres. Okay. And they have 48,000. And it's the refuge. And I know it's got boreholes. Mm -hmm. And I've caught, like I said, 250. So... Don't, man, don't, give me no information about no 700 hogs on 48,000 acres. Talking about, well, statistically, we don't have a problem at the, at the state refuge. Yeah, if you got hogs, you got a problem. Well, see, that's the one thing I've always I've always questioned with just a lot of state game agencies is when they try to calculate, you know, how many deer they have, how many turkeys they have, all this kind of stuff. Because a lot of it's from, like, just hunter observations. They can't fly over and do, like, you know, thermal drone images mm-hmm. or anything because of the canopy cover. They, they can't see and they can't just go off trail cameras. So they're going off a lot of times – Hunter observation, um, you know, uh, insurance reports when it comes to, you know, animals getting hit on the road and all that kind of stuff, try to calculate roughly how many animals they think they have. 
but it's like, you know, they, they say they have 700. I'd love to know more detail exactly how they came up with that number. Yeah, uh, enough to keep from hiring me. That's all. <laughs> and like I said, I ain't hating on the university. I ain't hating on it because a buddy of mine that sells traps, he did the same thing. And that's how I got started. A friend of mine had this job. So that's how I got started. He don't have that job no more. He graduated from Mississippi State and he works with, you know, doing the hog stuff elsewhere. So... That's how I had my inside connection on everything. They drew blood. They got blood sample. That's how I stopped not using gloves. Like, I always use gloves now. Mm -hmm. Because of the research, it says that blood has so many diseases in it. And it's not like it's going to kill you. I always say keep the grease hot. You know, I never use gloves. And then when you start dealing with people, it's like, yeah, it's got this disease, it's got this disease. Well, they lay around in their own pee and poop. Yeah, They're going to have something. You know, uh, but that's why you need to cook it. You know, you need to keep it, keep the grease hot is what I say. But now that I know it, I don't want to get myself sick knowing better, like knowing better. You know, if my seatbelt is supposed to save my life, you know to wear the seatbelt. I personally don't believe in the seatbelt law if I'm, as long as I'm by myself because the only person that can kill is me. I don't have to worry about saving my child's life if mm-hmm. I was having a wreck. So, you know, if I don't want to see, but I don't wear it, you know, but I may die from it if I don't. Same way with the blood. I may get sick if I don't take precautions. That's on me. So there's good research. People give me all the time. But do, and another thing is, is when they try to tell you don't eat the meat. I don't like that. I don't like for them. I just like the CWD. The, mm-hmm. the, I think, and I don't want to get into politics. I just think over the last three or four years, We've just become where we can't trust anything that the government tells us. Just like the CWD. Hey, we want you to kill more deer this year. But hey, there's more CWD. You might not want to eat the meat. But then they say, but you can't get it from eating it. I'm like, man, what y'all want? What y'all, y'all trying to spook us? You know, because this is the same government. So in the state of Mississippi, we really ain't supposed to give away no hogs. I can eat it. The landowner can have it. But I can't legally go out and give these hogs to people mm-hmm. because those hogs carry diseases and they could die. Now, and, uh, Jacob, I hadn't Googled it. I don't know how many people in the world has died from eating a wild hog. We live in a time now, they probably just call it COVID if you died. Okay. <laughs> but they tell you, there's no like, y'all hear about Jimmy? Man, that son going to kill with a wild hog with them collars on and it killed him. You know, there's no, there's no, like, nobody's just out there dropping because they eat a wild hog. Mm-hmm. They tell me, but this is the same government. This is, this is back in my feelings. This is the same government that will allow our veterans to be homeless and eat out of a dumpster, but then, but then tell me not to feed the people that need the food. So I have feelings about it all. Yeah. You think, you, man, you think there'd be some kind of, there'd be something put in place to like, you know, donate some of that meat and have a, a butcher set up for homeless shelters or something like that. I mean, especially if you're trapping the numbers that you and whoever else is trapped in the state, you know, there's so much protein there that could be used if handled in proper conditions to be able to do better, you know, good than just, you know, having to dump them or whatever. Yeah. And that's the thing is it, it, like you have these other states, they got to be USDA inspected on the hoof. You can't just bring them in dead. dead and they've been dead for four hours. they got to be USDA inspected on the hoof. The state of Mississippi has such a problem. We just can't afford that. Like used to, you could catch a wild hog and you could take it 
to the processor live. And then they could butcher it there. That way, if it was warm or whatever, you, you know, can't do that anyway. Because what was happening was it become where you had to call Jackson, Mississippi, the capital of the state, get get a transport permit. permit. All you do is you call it in. Hey, I'm head. I'm here in this county. I'm headed to this processor, and they say, okay, you got to stay on this route. They say they'd have one hog. It would go back to these people that like to run these dogs. They say, we're going to the processor, and I got this hog. Well, they'd have that hog. Yes, they would. And they would have three or four other, five or six other hogs as well. And on the way, the gate just get opened up by Mr. John's place on the way. So that's how they were getting around on that. Now, that's – and then you were having where people – you used to could catch them. People would catch them young in a trap. Mm-hmm. And then take them home, and they try to raise them up. Well, the thing was, the guy that's already using the cheapest trap there is, some box trap to catch him, they caught these piglets. Well, most time he's not going to have the best pen to put them in. they wild animals. So then when you go home, when Mr. Willie go home with his six piglets, and he's going to put them in a little old slot out here in the barn, yeah. and them piglets don't want to live there, well, they break out, and they gone, right? Well, what happens is, well, Mr. Willie ain't got nothing involved in it. So why try to get them up? Why try to go find them? Because he ain't got nothing invested in them. Where like if you owned a horse or a cow and they got run over in the road, mm-hmm. guess who's responsible? Mm-hmm. So they stopped that, which I I enjoy all that. I'm not for taking the food away from everybody. I'm, t- I'm just, I'm for, I believe people ought to have accountability. If you're going to raise pig, wild pigs up as piglets and then butcher them, well, if they get out, well, if he comes over to my house, you ought to be responsible for him. If he tear up my garden, tear up my yard, or end up on my land. But that's where a lot of that starts. So I'm for accountability on that stuff. But And like I said, again, there's a lot of people out there. It just seems to be the problems in Mississippi started with some of the people bringing them in, whether it be people just wanted something to hunt, wanted something for sport. Because like I said, when I first time I seen it, I was like, oh, I love it. I love it. And now when I go deer hunting, I want to deer hunt. I don't care nothing about a hog. It's funny you, you bring that up about like the excitement. There's still a lot of people in the state here, and probably some parts of Mississippi that don't have as many pigs. That people are still excited about pigs. Like I was talking to some guys, uh, I don't personally know, but I met them at a processor, and uh, they were talking about where I was from. They were from a different part of the state. They're asking if we had pigs. I'm like, no, not really in our area. Like, man, they're not here yet, but I can't wait till they get here. Oh, I can't wait. What you got planned? He's like, man, I just want to go shoot a pig on my property. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. I'm like, I, listen, I, I'll sit to David Ellis and let you tell you about these landowners that have pig problems, and you don't want pigs, man. Yeah. No, that's the number one thing I would never want to see. Like, we've got a little family farm just south of us that my uncle owns, 90-acre par- uh, parcel, and I hope we never had pigs on there. But it's so close to the river. At some point, there's going to be pigs yeah. on that place. And just seeing how other landowners in the state have tried to deal deal with it and you can't kill them just by hunting them yeah like hunting's not effective down here it's not like texas wide open spaces fly some helicopters yeah and it's not really hunting at that point it's just mass extermination but like you're not going to ever keep populations controlled by just hunting so you have to trap you have to be effective and you can't let off the gas when you're trapping no and that's one thing i've learned especially from you and your content but also other guys i know that do predator trapping is there's no st- – like, uh, other than uh, a season going out, say, like, coons, something like that, like, different yeah. states have different se- seasons. Some are, you know, 365 days. Some are, like, spring, summer, fall, whatever. Um, but you have to be as effective and as efficient as possible while you have the opportunity 
to try to lower those lower those numbers enough where it's manageable because they're going to keep repopulating. Oh yeah, I get it all the time from non-trapping people that don't understand or people that want to be educated. Okay, so the concept of dude, you're already you're always going to have wild pigs. No matter how many you trap, they're going to keep coming. Well, I tell people just a fun part of it, every redneck in Mississippi when they see something bad going on on the news or anything, I wish somebody would break in my house. Okay, you might be a hero one time. But you're going to get tired of being a hero if they break it in your house every single day. It's going to get old. So the same way with pigs. It's fun to shoot a couple of them. But eventually it's going to get tiring. It's going to get, you're you're, you're over-exhausted from just the fact they keep coming. But people always tell me, well, they're going to keep coming. Well, don't stop trapping. As long as they keep coming, you wouldn't allow somebody. You really would. It would get tiring, but you wouldn't allow somebody to keep breaking into your home. You're eventually going to take precautions and, and, and change the situation to where people ain't going to break in your home. Absolutely. So I used to do it when I was coyote hunting. Why do you trap coyotes? When you trap one, another one takes its place. Yeah, in that trap. <laughs> you know, I'm going to continue. to. That's management. Yeah. You're going to continue to do it. I mean, you... <laughs> Why make your bed? You're going to get back in it. Why wipe your butt? You're going to again. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, that was uh, timestamp 104. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My bad, folks. You're not going to hear that word. Hopefully, if he edited it out, but I got a little turned up a little bit, so... Uh, but I try to tell people, you just got to stay on them and keep staying on them, and that's why when I say, like... Uh, when it comes to, to the research of, of pigs, it, it needs to be re-researching how to get rid of pigs. Yeah. And there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. I, I just don't think that some of the research of, of, of hogs walking around, I think we know enough now that hogs are going to follow food. If you got feeders, they're going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. I get it every year. I try to tell people, you need to be calling me in June, July, and August if you want your place trapped. Because when you start putting those feeders out and you finally get that old big old buck coming there and then right before season gets there, that sounder hog shows up. And next thing you know, it's too late because mm-hmm. you now you got acorns on the ground. Everybody's got a, a feeder and I can't guarantee a catch because everybody's got feed everywhere. Yeah. And the acorns is number one. Uh, they're going to choose acorns over uh, corn every day so uh, they'll still show up and get some mm-hmm. but they're going to roam more so when you put that trap up they're like well we'll just go to convenient we'll just go to be convenient so uh, but any which way so uh, Jacob you got anything else to say no dude I, uh-huh. I'll, I'll just say this uh, you don't if you don't have pigs on your property you don't want pigs on your property because I've hunted properties that have pigs and dude I'll tell you one thing <clears throat> I've hunted places with black bear I've, I've hunted a bunch of places across the country and there is one thing I don't want to run in the woods in the dark, and that's a yeah. big pissed off sow <laughs> or a big boar. And she's right. She's got her piglet. She she will come. Now a lot of them, but they just they'll spook you more than anything. That's fine, man. A heart but. attack could kill me, bro. <laughs> so they don't have to cut me. All they can do is give me a heart attack. So, but no, I mean, just yeah, you just don't want pigs in your place. So I mean, guys like yourself, David, and anyone else out there that's trying to take it more seriously in trapping, I think it's just a benefit for everybody. And again. No matter how funny you think it is, don't be transferring pigs. Oh don't be God. transporting them. Don't be moving them from properties. Even though it's not legal, don't do it. It's yeah. not worth it, guys. No, no. And if I find out, I'm going to snitch. I ain't scared. 
<laughs> they say, hey, I'm right there with you. Listen now, right there with you. I have a buddy come to me saying he moved pigs. Like, bro, listen, we, 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 this ain't, we ain't uh, playing with this. Thing. I mean, I got enough, I got enough work to keep ahead. I don't need that, but any which way. So, like I said, uh, we're not trying to throw too many people under the bus, but you know, the bus is stopped. So, <laughs> that that it is. It's got all four blown out tires. Actually, probably I don't know eight, ten blown out tires yeah, right now. Yeah, but uh, and like I said, Jacob, when you get your people on there, you can ask those questions and find out. And like I said, this this is just a situation that I'm not good with, but don't mean it ain't some good come out of it. Mm-hmm. So any which way, guys, I appreciate y'all, and y'all don't forget to keep checking out the YouTube and the podcast. And uh, we'd like to thank y'all for tuning in today. Thank you, Jacob. Y'all. Oh. Also, real quick before we wrap it, I want I want all the listeners to reach out to old David here, okay? If you'd be interested in seeing the Yacht Yacht Show podcast in a video format on YouTube, I want some messages coming in David, because we're, we're talking about it, but uh, maybe some point in the future we'll be looking at it. But I would love to see some feedback from everybody, just seeing what y'all's thoughts would be about actually watching David on some of these episodes. Yeah, I think we just laid back on a couch in a chair right now, sitting back and relaxing, and like I said, get a little turned up. We having to bleep some words now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't hardly ever do that, folks. I, <laughs> I just get turned up by these pigs now. So... <laughs> Y'all forgive me, Jesus will. Oh, but any which way, y'all go listen to the Southern Outdoorsman podcast as well. Don't forget about them. They're the ones that's helping me with sponsorships in this podcast and keeping me going and keeping me motivated. So, hey, when people support me, I need y'all to support them. So thank y'all. So any which way. And that being said, if you see a pig, knock him in the head. Y'all have a good one. God bless. And as always, Jesus loves you. Oh!